Welcome into Mock Trial Masterclass, your guide to controlling the courtroom. I'm Luke and I want you to be a Mock Trial Master. Let's talk about how you can make that happen. So a lot of times on direct examination as an attorney, you're simply trying to tell a story. I've talked about that in my other content on direct examinations about how you're just really wanting to have a dialogue with the witness, let them be the show and tell a story. And that's really the biggest goal. But when it comes to expert witnesses, things get a little bit different because with expert witnesses, there's a more technical process that you have to follow for them to be able to do expert things, for them to be able to talk about their special knowledge that they have from their expertise, for them to be able to share their opinion with the jury. If you just go in expecting to tell a story like you do with a normal witness, a non-expert witness, you're going to run into a little bit of trouble. So in this video, what we're going to talk about is exactly what you need to do to set your expert up for success on direct examination. We're going to talk about how to go into their background. We're going to talk about how to make sure the court recognizes them as an expert. And then we're going to talk about the right way for them to be able to give their opinion to the jury. There's four steps to a great expert direct, and we're gonna go over all four of them right here, right now. So, you ready to hop in? Let's do it. Step number one for a great expert direct is you need to talk about the expert's qualifications. Now, qualifications are something that can look very, very different from one expert to the next. An expert in education, for example, might have a degree in teaching and then an advanced degree in education science or, or a PhD in higher education. And so you would want to go into those things. A medical doctor is going to have a medical doctorate that they got from a medical school and then they're going to have all sorts of experience working in hospitals and clinics, right? That all fits under qualifications. Each expert qualifications may look different, but for the most part, when we're talking about qualifications, we're talking about training, education, uh, any specific knowledge that they have, any classes that they took, and any experience they might have working in their field. And so the first thing we want to do in our expert direct, after we ask them their name, after asking them what exactly they do for a living, is we want to go through their qualifications. And the best way to do that is by simply asking them open-ended questions. I wouldn't reach for a CV or a resume if you have one because I tend to think that can be repetitive and maybe even a little bit distracting sometimes and waste time. So instead, just let your expert witness command their own knowledge and expertise. Ask them open-ended questions like, tell us about your educational background. Tell us about your work experience. How long have you been doing whatever it is that you do? Right. Asking questions like that can put your witness, your expert, on the spotlight, can let the attention stay with them while still getting into these qualifications. So that's step one to a great expert direct. You've got to set them up with their qualifications. And again, that can take a lot of different forms, but typically it's educational experience, work experience, uh, classes that they've taken, and specific knowledge that they may have. Step number two to a great expert direct is you need to explain why the expert witness is involved with this case. This is a really easy transition to make uh, and I think it's really, really fun. So you've talked about the expert's background, you've talked about their qualifications, and then the very next question I virtually always would ask an expert witness is, how did you become involved with this case? Or if you want to ask it a little bit differently, you might say, uh, do you know the defendant in this case? 
but something like that to transition into the defend or rather the expert talking about what they did in this case and how they became involved is important because expert witnesses in almost every case are being paid for their time or being hired by one party or the other. They didn't just show up to court that day because they read about it on the news and thought it'd be an interesting case to try their hand at, right? These people are hired. They're brought in specifically for their expertise. And so it's important for the judge and the jury to understand the specifics of that. How were they brought in? Why were they brought in? And specifically, what were they asked to do? What were they asked to study? Because when you have an expert witness, really the whole point of it is for them to be able to provide an opinion on the case. Now that opinion might not always be you know, the ultimate issue of the case. They, their opinion might not always be, well, I think the cause of death was murder by this guy. Right? It might not quite always be that specific, but for the most part, when you call an expert witness, you're trying to get a, a, an opinion out of them based on their expertise. And so we need to figure out before we can even get into that opinion, while we're still in step two, what exactly they were asked to study and what they're gonna to talk to us about today. So step one of a great expert direct, talk about their qualifications, more specifically, get them to talk about their qualifications by asking open-ended questions and avoiding a resume or a CV because that can be repetitive and waste time. And then step number two to a great expert direct is setting up their background in this case. How'd they become involved and what specifically were they asked to do? Okay, so now that we've gotten to step three, we've set up their qualifications, we've talked about how they became involved in this case and what they were asked to do. Now it's finally time for us to ask about the expert's opinion. Now, you might be sitting here thinking to yourself, well, shouldn't we go through how they came to their opinion before we give it to the jury? I mean, isn't that required? It's actually not. Rule 705 of the Federal Rules of Evidence says that an expert witness is allowed to give their opinion to the jury before disclosing the details of it. And in my opinion, that's a rule you should take advantage of. It gives the jury important context that they can use in their heads to listen to the rest of the expert's testimony without being lost or wondering why they're hearing all this information. If you start with the opinion, they're able to hear that information and filter it through the opinion so that it makes a whole lot more sense to them. But it's important to know that you can't just right after you say, okay, what were you asked to do? And the expert says, well, I was asked to perform an autopsy. You can't just hop quite yet right into, okay, what was your opinion? What was the cause of death? You need to take a deep breath because there are a few questions that you need to ask beforehand. And I'm gonna give them to you right now. Very rarely do I give you things in these videos where I say memorize what I say word for word and repeat it, but this is one of those times. Here are the three questions you must ask your expert witness before asking for their opinion. Did you use reliable methods? Did you work with sufficient facts and or data? And was the opinion you came to reached to a reasonable degree of scientific certainty. Now, if you've read my book or you've listened to me talk in these videos, you know I don't like that sort of lawyer language that's up high on a shelf, but these are three questions you just have to ask even though they don't really sound that great and they sound more like a college professor who's boring their students. Uh, it's just a law thing. It's just a standard thing in courtrooms to ask those questions. So I would be sure to ask them ahead of asking the witness for their opinion. So step one of a great expert direct, get their qualifications. Step two, figure out their background in this case, how they become involved, what were they asked to do. Step number three, set up their opinion with those three questions. 
and then asked the expert what was their opinion. Now there are some local areas, some states that prefer to you to formally tender an expert. That's when you set up an expert's qualification and you ask a court to tender the expert in whatever their field is. So for example, if it's uh, an, a coroner who's giving an autopsy, you might look at the judge and say, Your Honor, we tender, we offer uh, Dr. Smith as an expert on performing autopsies. And then the judge will ask the other side if there are any objections, and they'll say yes or no, and then you can move on from there. In college, not only is that not a requirement, college specifically does not allow that. So if you're in college mock trial, if you're competing in AMTA, just ignore what I just said. But if you're in high school, I would ask your coach, if you don't have a coach, I would ask a local attorney, what is the protocol in this area for formally tendering experts? Because some states don't really do that. Uh, my state where I'm from, Tennessee, does do that. So it just depends on where you are, whether you need to ask the judge and say, you know, we tender, we offer this expert as an expert in whatever their field is. Just know that and make sure you're prepared. All right, we've got one more step to go over for great expert directs, but before we do that, I wanna let you know that my new book, Mock Trial Masterclass, is officially available on Amazon. This book is full of great information for you, whether you're playing an expert witness, whether you're directing one, whether you're crossing one, or really doing anything else in Mock Trial. I've competed in and coached Mock Trial for a long time now, and this book is really the culmination of my entire experience. I've tried to put everything I know about how to succeed at a championship level in this activity into this book. It's just over 200 pages. It's easy to read. I've written it in such a way that it's not confusing. It's not complicated. It's not going to go over your head. I like to call it the championship plan that anyone can understand because that's exactly what it is. It's a plan to succeed in mock trial at a championship level that you will enjoy because it's a lot like these videos and you're going to understand it and you're going to be able to apply this stuff and wow the competition at your next tournament. So if you want to pick up a copy, you can click the link in the description on YouTube or in the show notes on podcast platforms. Step four to a great expert direct. Once you've asked the expert to give their opinion, you need to break it down. Now, like we just talked about under rule 705, an expert is allowed to give their opinion before breaking it down. And so we've given the opinion and we're allowed to do so under that rule. Now it's time to break it down. Now, how exactly you go about doing this is going to really depend on the type of expert you're dealing with and the type of opinion they've offered. If they've offered a medical opinion, you're going to want them to talk about the type of tests they ran to come to that opinion, some of the uh, principles and science behind the diagnosis that they came to or the conclusion that they came to. If you're dealing with a non-medical, a non-scientific expert, it's going to look a little bit different. but chances are your witness's affidavit or witness statement is going to give you a lot of that information. It's going to have information on how they reached their opinion, uh, what sort of methods they used, what sort of scientific or non-scientific truths and principles came into play. So whatever you're dealing with, whatever type of expert you're dealing with, this is the time to have them explain how they reached their opinion and more specifically and probably more importantly, why they reached their opinion. We don't just want to float the opinion out there and say, well, I believe this based on how smart I am and my expertise, and then leave the jury to sort of figure out what to do with that. No, we want the expert to explain their opinion and then back it up with facts and knowledge so that the jury can understand their opinion and say, oh, that makes sense how they came to that. 
Now in cross-examination, chances are your expert is gonna get asked some questions to try to tear down that method, tear down that process, but a great way to prepare for that and set your expert up for success on cross-examination and just to score well overall is to have them break down their opinion during direct examination. So one more time, let's recap the four steps to a great expert direct. Number one, bring up their qualifications. Talk about their educational experience, their work background, any publications they've had, whatever their contributions are to their field. Talk about their qualifications. Number two, you're gonna wanna ask about their background in the case, how they became involved, and what specifically they were asked to do. Step three, it's opinion time. Ask the expert what their opinion is, but don't forget to ask those three precursor questions we talked about earlier in this video. And finally, step number four, break down the opinion. Go through the ins and outs, explain why the expert reached the conclusion that they did, and end on a powerful note that isn't just repeating their opinion. Find something else. If you follow those four steps with your expert direct, it's gonna sound great, it's gonna be really easy to follow, and it's gonna be powerful, or as I like to say, it's gonna be mock trial master quality.